On today's show, Dune elects a new emperor. Pixar looks to be getting back to its element. Chris Hemsworth's sex appeal reaches ridiculous new levels. And Disney Plus looks to smash expectations with the She-Hulk trailer. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hey, it's Kev, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me this week, joining me for this week in Geek, his ass looks crazy right now. It's <laughs> Nate. Is it because I'm green? It's because I'm green, isn't it? <laughs> I'm green with envy at that spectacular ass, bud. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I am. Uh, I'm stoked to talk to get talk about that trailer um, that we're alluding to right now. Um, it's. I think it's going to be the sexiest thing we've ever seen from Marvel. That's going to be my early, my <laughs> my early thoughts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna like Nate when he's uh, riled up, if you will. Um, <laughs> but uh, dude, I got I gotta ask because I know it's it's only about a week or so away. You're getting ready for your big trip down to Anaheim for this year's yeah, Star Wars celebration. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm I'm super jealous. I know uh, Darcy was telling me earlier today that he's uh, avoiding wearing any of his Star Wars shirts, so he doesn't have to worry about doing the laundry for those before he starts packing and getting all ready. So uh, and I literally it, it had the same like, thought. I had nice. the exact yeah. same thought today. You got to plan <laughs> outfits in advance just yeah. to plan for more outfits, right? Um, uh, but it looks like there's going to be some really awesome panels going on, uh, and and you might get some big reveals about uh, maybe some casting news for even a particular baddie or something. Like, what's what are some of the big uh, reveals you're looking forward to? Honestly, um, there's already been rumors for, uh, I think, one of my biggest uh, things that I'm anticipating, which is uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, um, which is the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which I am super stoked about. Obviously, where we left Cal Kestis at the end of that uh, fits so well with everything they're doing with with Jedi. And um, I think the other thing, too, is is potentially getting a, uh, a little bit more of a look at... Um, the Acolyte, I think, is the other one. I think a logo just popped today. It's been trending on Twitter, uh, which is kind of the sort of the, the I think it's the High Republic era, uh, you know, following more of a, a dark side user, uh, which I'm super stoked about. And then with that Vanity Fair, did you see the Vanity Fair thing that they posted with uh, that um, Annie Leibovitz did? Uh, she did a photo shoot and like had... Uh, I think Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Diego Luna, and Rosario Dawson uh, just on the cover of Vanity Fair. And dude, like super cool shots and just getting me so hyped. And I feel like I'm going to get to see a lot of that stuff. Maybe not Ahsoka. I don't think we're going to get anything from, anything from Ahsoka, but at least the Andor series as well, which I think is going to be awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, you know, you, you mentioned the High Republic. It's a high time for, for Marvel or for... It's a high time for Star Wars television, yeah. I should say. Um, yeah. I'm really like I don't know, you know, with with the trailer we're going to talk about later, and then you know some of those pictures. I was just looking at them there. I don't know which 
that next phase I'm more excited about if it's Marvel TV or uh, Star Wars TV. But either way, it's a good time to be a, a Disney a Plus subscriber. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, speaking of a good time to be a geek, uh, there's a few news articles that really stood out to me that I think we should talk about. So why don't we jump right into the news? It's all about the details. All right, in our first story, Christopher Walken joins Dune Part 2 as Emperor Shaddam 4. Uh, this story comes from Adam B. Very at Variety. I don't know how much I trust that that's his actual name, but uh, <laughs> we'll roll with it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, according to Very, the House Carino has its ruler. Christopher Walken will join Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya in director Denis Villeneuve's Dune Part 2 as Shaddam 4, the Padisha Emperor of the Known Universe. Walken's casting fills out the major characters for the second half of Villeneuve's adaptation of Frank Herbert's seminal science fiction novel. He joins Florence Pugh as the Emperor's daughter, Princess Arulin, and Austin Butler as Fade Rutha Harkonnen, the presumptive heir to the Harkonnen dynasty. Although the Emperor does not appear in Dune Part 1, he is the catalyst for the story. He was the one that ordered the House Atreides on a doomed mission to take over Dominion of the spice mining planet Arrakis. Uh, you know, and jealous of their power and respect in the universe, the Emperor colludes with Dune's previous overseers, House Harkonnen, to wipe out the Atreides family forever. Uh, we probably will end up seeing that plan ultimately fail as Paul Atreides and his mother, Lady Jessica... Uh, set to, out on their destiny to become the sort of uh, the, the 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 saviors, if you will, with Paul being the mm -hmm. messi uh, the messianic figure known as the Quitsats Hederach. Oh, You're saying a lot and of they, words right now, Kevin. <laughs> there's there's a lot of I'm I'm busted into sci-fi lingo that's probably way over my head. Anyways, the Emperor is going to play a huge part in the events of Dune Part Two, and uh, this is a really fun casting, in my opinion. I want you know. I think so much of the first movie was was almost a little subdued, and so maybe, you know, Walken can come in and, and bring that zany charm that he has. Dude, oh, wow, wow, these worms, that's my best Walken impression, <laughs> these worms are all over. Anyway, uh, honestly, I, uh, I, I've been screaming at the top of my Twitter lungs about Severance. Uh, and uh, he was such a delight in Severance. I got to be honest with you, I've not seen a ton of walk-in serious walk-in uh acting and so i'm stoked to see him yeah maybe he'll bring a little bit of his zany zaniness into the role uh just by being him but i think you know i'm looking at this picture that we've got on variety here that's in that article and he's got like a mullet going on he's got like the <laughs> deep eyes like i'm i feel like this is gonna be a a freaky character and i'm really really stoked to see uh how he pulls it off yeah, I, I mean, I, I, within the last couple months, I finally bit the bullet and went and watched the uh, the original original uh, oh, yeah? movie. Yes, I finally checked it out. I kind of wish I hadn't, as it seems like it's part one and two mashed into one movie. So I might have part two spoiled for me already before it even starts filming. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, so much of it is campy and, and over the top. And so... While I don't expect any of it to go in that direction, I do think Walken can channel maybe a little bit of of the the, the Emperor's character from that original movie and and really give us a, a bad guy we're gonna love to hate. I think and that and that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'd love to see him play like a. Um, I feel like Skarsgård 
in the first one was very um, collected. He didn't seem like he was off his rocker, like he knew kind of what he was doing. Whereas I feel like Christopher Walken can come in and play that character where you're like, I don't know what he's going to do next, right? And and that's what's almost his his sort of him not taking things too seriously is what makes him even scarier as a villainous Ooh, like type that. of character. Uh man, that would be that would be pretty dope. So, did you you saw so you saw the the original was he not obviously Christopher Walken, but was the Emperor Shaddam in in that movie as well? And did did you remember anything from it? Yeah. Yes, uh, and and far more. He he. You see him at the beginning of the movie setting this up a little bit more. I mean, Villeneuve uses a bit more um, exposition, I think, to set up his character in that first movie. So it'll be good to to put a a face to the the person sort of responsible for everything we see in that first movie, and and hopefully see him get his just desserts. But uh, the really nice thing is we're not going to have to wait too, too long. Uh, production on Dune Part 2 is expected to start later this year for an October 20th, 2023 release date. I think that puts it right in the wheelhouse to get a few more uh, Oscar nominees, if you're if you're asking me. If they hit it, though, do you think they'll hit it? Like, do you think they're they're full steam ahead? They'll be able to do that, or do you think it'll get pushed? Uh, no, I mean, I think I think Hollywood's back. I think Villeneuve is no nonsense. He knows what he's doing. So if they're setting these dates and making it, you know, they're not even saying late 2023. They're giving us an no, exact yeah. date. I think I think we'll be right there for it. So awesome! Uh, but I'm I certainly cannot wait. I can't believe how much this this movie has just transformed for for me in terms of my opinions on it compared to where I was before the first one came out yeah man and it'll be interesting to see how our feelings are on the thing as a collective uh once part two hits and I'm I'm super stoked for that awesome well uh speaking of uh another movie moving uh along in the franchise stages Pirates of the Caribbean 6 may set sail with Margot Robbie in the lead. This story comes from Sandy Schaefer at Slash Film. Uh, what do you do with a fledgling franchise? That's the question Disney has been asking since 2017's Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales became both the franchise's worst reviewed and lowest grossing film in the U.S. to date. According to Schaefer, the obvious answer would be stop making Pirates of the Caribbean movies and do something original. <laughs> But this is Disney we're talking about. So uh, so long as there's even a slim shot at finding box office treasure, the studio won't be giving up on this swashbuckling property anytime soon. Uh, in addition, produ uh, producer Jerry Bruckheimer told the Sunday Times, we're talking to Margot Robbie. We are developing two pirate scripts, one with her, one without. Uh, the other potential solution Disney has been toying with is to simply reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Uh, after briefly courting Deadpool scribes Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick for the job prior to their departure in February 2019, Disney mm -hmm. hired Ted Elliott uh, uh, and Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin, yeah. uh, who actually got his start writing Disney's NASA comedy Rocket Man in 1997, uh, they got them to re uh, attempt to relaunch the series in October of 2019. Uh, so that would appear to be the other script that Bruckheimer was mentioning in the recent interview. Uh, so in either case, it looks like Johnny Depp's days of playing Jack Sparrow are 
you know, they've walked the plank, if you will. Uh, but so yeah, right into I wanted the to ask you, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, if you, uh, you know, I was recently on the, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride there in Disney World, and you, you yeah. see the, you know, the trials going on there. But this is Johnny's, Johnny's in a, a, a completely different world uh, of, <laughs> oh, no. of legal issues, if you will. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's a different kind of entertainment altogether. But uh, I did want to ask. If if you know if they are toying with two ideas to just completely reboot the franchise or to sort of you know carry on and move into a new lead in the same universe that we've known for for the first uh, f- uh, five movies, uh, which would you prefer, Margot Robbie or a relaunch of the Jack Sparrow character altogether? I I definitely don't want another Jack Sparrow. Uh, character relaunch like he is jack sparrow he'll always be jack sparrow let that character be jack sparrow and and be a legend and and you know what he's obviously not in the place right now to return uh in any way and he's he's flat out said i will never do it again obviously you know years a decade two decades down the road who knows where he'll be in terms of what he might want to do. And, and if you leave the character alone and you leave the legend long enough for him to be a big pop of a return, that would be super cool. Um, I want to shout out Sandy Schaefer for using the term. Uh, uh, what was it? She said, I think she said fledgling, uh, which is just really fitting for a bird of prey uh, <laughs> like Margot Robbie. Um, honestly, a female like led Pirates of the Caribbean almost I don't want to reboot I don't want you to take away the world that that has been set up by those movies keep that world we can even keep all the other characters if we want to but to have her come in as a strong like just like pirate lady like yeah man I am totally for that Uh, and I'd love it to be not a continuation of necessarily the story that we've been following because it is so centered around Jack Sparrow but a a new wholehearted story in that Pirates of the Caribbean world where we can pull some of these other characters back in if we wanted to. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. And, you know, that opens the door. They could maybe finally bring back uh, Zoe Saldana's character. She left, uh, you know, after the first one with some issues uh, with the, the team behind it. And so maybe a fresh start could bring her character. And that can be our link to to Jack Sparrow and the crew there. But, yeah, I think an all-female-led pirates crew would be a, a ton of fun and, and opens up so much potential you know uh to have that sort of uh kick-ass attitude that we see on the the pirates of the caribbean ride now where they've replaced you know the the we want the redhead auction scene with with uh yeah the lady in red. with a gun yeah man, yeah you know so yeah. if you if you bring that attitude to it i think it could be an absolute blast and so you know I mean, obviously, it took the world by storm and surprised everyone with how good that first movie was, and and to a far lesser extent, the second and third, but they certainly need just a a fresh start, but I I agree with you, not an entire reboot, because nobody could ever, ever in a million years replace... Jack Sparrow and, and yeah, I don't, don't think we I don't we I don't want a Jacqueline Sparrow situation. Like don't be don't be <laughs> messing with that character. The character is so much bigger than Johnny Depp. Let the legend live, let it let it lie, let it be. And who knows, you know, a decade from now, who knows if there's a very successful Margot Robbie Pirates of the Caribbean franchise that eventually brings back that Johnny Depp. Like that would be a moment. Um, so I, I definitely, yeah, don't don't touch that. But yeah, to play around in that world and 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 bring that world back would be super fun and and uh, a way that they could still be getting all their doubloons, if you will. 
Well, speaking of getting to blooms, uh, Disney and Pixar are set to cash in once again next summer as uh, Elemental gets a release date. Uh, this comes from Etienne Blessing at Hollywood Reporter, who says the animated pick is inspired by director Peter Sand's childhood in New York and the basic elements of fire, water, land, and air. The film is set to release on my birthday, June 16th, 2023. Hey. I think that's happened three or four times now that Pixar <laughs> has released a movie on my birthday, which is always a lot of fun. Um, and the uh, the film's going to journey alongside an unlikely pair, Ember and Wade, in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. The fiery young woman and the go-with-the-flow guy are about to discover something elemental, how much they actually have in common. Disney and Pixar also released concept art, which you can see uh, on the Hollywood Reporter website, uh, and I really, really dug, uh, and it's uh, an original film from director Son. Uh, the director goes on to explain that my parents emigrated from Korea in the early 1970s and built a bustling grocery store in the Bronx. We were among many families who ventured to a new land with hopes and dreams, all of us mixing into one big salad bowls of cultures, languages, and beautiful little neighborhoods. That's what led me to Elemental. Son also discussed using the basic elements, fire, water, land, and air, to animate his feature film. Some elements mix with each other and some don't. What if these elements were alive, he said. Son directed The Good Dinosaur, criminally underrated in my opinion. Really? Uh, he also do- <laughs> Oh, I love The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> Really? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, well, we, we could maybe get into that. Uh, he also directed the Partly Cloudy short way back in the day. Um, so what are your thoughts on uh, the, the latest news? This looks, like, this looks like an old school sort of Pixar concept, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, you know, it's reminded me a lot of, uh, obviously, you look at the concept art and immediately you just think of Inside Out. Inside Out, um, absolutely. I, I think that's going to be the toughest challenge for this movie is to... And it's funny that we're getting to a place now where Pixar movies, it's like, that Pixar movie's too much like that Pixar movie. Like, we're finally now at this place where... And that just speaks to, like, they've made so many movies. The the breadth of creativity that they have, I definitely believe in them that they're going to be able to separate this enough. But it is, it is I think, going to be their first challenge is how do we make this different enough from Inside Out, from the core feelings and focus on wholeheartedly on these elements it'll be interesting to see if they bring in human characters into this movie or not or if it is just strictly like maybe this is the creation of the earth before humans even existed and 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 these elements have to co-inhabitate in order to create a place that's suitable for humans because at the end of the day uh you know we're always going to write ourselves <laughs> into these movies somehow <laughs> um but i i think yeah dude i don't know man i'm i'm a little worried like production uh, uh produced by uh, denise ream uh the good dinosaur cars 2 I got to be honest, I mean, say what you will about The Good Dinosaur, Cars 2 is not at the top of a lot of people's lists, and that's the only thing, like, from the standpoint of just Peterson um, directing, The Good Dinosaur is probably one of my least favorite of the Pixar movies, and so it's, don't get me wrong, it's beautiful, it's stunning, and I bet this movie is probably going to look absolutely gorgeous. I mean, looking at the rain in Toy Story 4 and expecting a whole character to be made out of that is going to be awesome. I think they're really going to knock out of the park with how this movie looks. I'm just a little bit worried with that director, but uh, I mean, we only have concept art right now, so it's it's a little too early to, to make any judgment calls. Absolutely, and I mean, you can only blame a director for so much. They have to work with a script, and you know, 
uh, when you're when you're writing a, a, a sequel to Cars, uh, you know you're you're kind of pigeonholed and and probably don't yeah. have that much creative freedom. So let's see where it goes. Yeah, and and I definitely can see the similarities uh, that you drew out there between it and Inside Out. Uh, I think this one will probably maybe focus more on yeah, you know. Uh, racial intermingling, if you will, like, you know, sort of mm. finding similarities between different cultures that you, you might think are more different from you than they actually are. And so I think that's, that gives them a really huge topic to sort of explore. Right. I guess, you know, he's even talking about the fact that his parents emigrated from Korea in, in the 1970s and then built a grocery store in the Bronx. So I'm assuming you know, uh, a lot of families, um, you know, moving out into new lands obviously inspired this story of of working with maybe other groups of people that don't care too much about or t- t- for you. Right. And so the idea of fire and water working together or fire and earth and grass and, and that sort of thing working together. Um, yeah, man, this is uh, this will definitely be interesting. And I'm listen, if it can make me cry, Kevin, that's all it needs to do. Five out of five. I guarantee you when fire accidentally burns down a patch of grass or something, yeah. you'll be you'll be weeping <laughs> uncontrollably and they'll they'll get you hooked. I totally. have I have no doubt. Well, that does it for the news. I think it's time to cue the banjo because it's trailer time. Kevin, you're you're so good at that uh that banjo playing, dude. It sounds like perfect every single time i don't know how you do it i i've absolutely nailed it uh and it's it's probably a good thing i recently moved my uh my neighbors were getting tired every time i busted out the, totally. the old banjo so now i've got a few <laughs> weeks before i annoy the new neighbors but even when i'm not on the show i do like to hop on and just play yeah. a few few notes for you and then disappear yeah. back it's yeah, very helpful it's good, it's good. <laughs> uh, all right well our first trailer is for a movie called hustle which is an upcoming sports drama directed by Jeremiah Zagar from a screenplay by Taylor Matern and Will Fetters. Uh, In the film, a former basketball scout tries to revive his career by recruiting a player with a checkered past from overseas to play in the NBA. The movie stars Adam Sandler, Queen Latifah, Ben Foster, and Robert Duvall. The movie hits Netflix on June 8th, 2022, so that's just a few weeks away. What are you thinking yeah. about this latest in the ever-growing line of Adam Sandler Netflix collaborations? Well, you know, and I think that's it, right? You bring up the idea of Netflix collaborations, and it's 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 hit or miss so far with Adam Sandler. A lot more miss than a, than hit. I think uh, <laughs> this looks like a much more promising role for him. So much better than a than a Hugh, Hugh, Hubie Halloween or a Jack and Jill. Um, I think I think this looks like I'll actually enjoy it. Um, it's it looks like a solid, uplifting sports drama. I will say. The only thing with this trailer, though, is I feel like I've watched half the movie now by watching this trailer. Oh, like, I think we saw the two-minute condensed version. Absolutely. Yeah, right? Like, we have one rule at Geekcentric for trailers, which is just don't show too much. And I don't, you know, we at least didn't get, we didn't get the ending. I know some trailers, sometimes they'll show us, like, literally the ending of a movie or a character's death or something. So, thankfully, we didn't get that. But I, I'm just, I feel like I've already watched a lot of this. And so, it'll be interesting to see how that affects us watching it. 
that that's the most disappointing part about this because like you said it does look really good but when you cut a trailer and it literally gives you plot points in the exact order that they're going to happen from the yeah. movie from start to finish it's a little like <laughs> well why do I want to spend 2 hours when I just got the story in 2 minutes so um but I'm all, I think you know uh he, Sandler's got chops there and and anytime yeah. he he gets something even remotely decent to work with. I think I think he generally kills it. And so uh, I don't think this is going to be on the level of, say, an uncut gems, uh, right. which I which I recently watched, actually. But I do think it's going to be up there in the the not hard to top list of, of Netflix movies. This won't be uh, <laughs> what, the vengeful eight or whatever the cowboy oh my one gosh, was. <laughs> but I will say, dude, between watching this trailer and just finishing win- uh, Winning Time, I think you might have converted... Kevin, I'm going to say this right now on the podcast. I think you converted me. I don't know if I'm a fan of sports, but I'm at least a fan of the people who play them. And so <laughs> watching these these docudramas, um, and I might even... I was even thinking about getting into some of the actual like documentaries um, that I've known Netflix has maybe not done in the past year or so, but I, I know they did like a really good one um, for for... Was it for golf? Was it for... No, <laughs> I, I'm gonna uh, check out the documentaries. <laughs> I I know there's one on on um, it's not NASCAR, maybe Formula One racing. That is, oh that yeah. is, like I, I, my brother's a fan. He's gone to a race, uh, never watched anything before this documentary, and now has gone to an actual race in person wow. because he's such a fan. My father-in-law keeps telling me I gotta watch this thing. Um, I, I can't think of the name right now, but no, I'm gonna make you. A sports entertainment, and I don't mean wrestling, but I'm going to make you a sports movie fan by the end of all of this. That's for sure, because I think they're they're that perfect formula of feel good and and triumph that you that you love so much in a movie. Um, you know, I could recommend five on Disney Plus to you right now that you should go check out, and you'll really really like. Go watch Million Dollar Arm with John Hamm, um, and that movie will just you know it'll find a little soft spot in you. All right. Okay. I'm down. I'm down. I gotta. I gotta focus a little bit more on my my sports dramas. Uh, I think the, so. There's a couple that I found. Just quickly look them up. Formula One: Drive to Survive. Uh, Netflix 2018. And then apparently there's another one centering around Bubba Wallace that just came out in February. Um, that might be a good one to check out. So I'll have to check those out, and maybe you'll see me. Uh, you know what's what's <laughs> I'll be. What's it? Oh, Talladega Nights. I'll I'll just watch that instead. Actually, <laughs> maybe I'll just I'll get into no, that. No, one. no, no, no. You can't watch <laughs> that kind of sports movie. That not yet, at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's even one on the Bulls. Um, that was the one I was. Yes, that's the one that I was. I heard was really good. Yeah, the 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 Last Dance. That's that's one that uh, you'll really enjoy. Uh, as it's uh, again building a dynasty, much like they're doing in, in Winning Time. So, and that Dope. one uh, is is an actual documentary, whereas Winning Time borrows from truth, but does you know play f- pretty uh, fast and loose with the rules there. As I I keep learning as I'm reading up now that I have finished yeah, that first season. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot that they've. It. Yeah, they, they've they've uh, they've stretched the truth just a little. Uh, well, uh, why don't we move on to our next movie that is not based on uh, fact at all? 
It's called Spiderhead and is an upcoming science fiction thriller directed by Joseph Kaczynski and written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick based on the short story by George Saunders. In the movie, two convicts living in a near-future society grapple with their pasts while trapped in a facility that allows prisoners to reduce their sentence time by volunteering for experiments using emotion-altering drugs, which are run by prison overseer Steve Abnesti. Uh, that's played by Chris Hemsworth, and he's joined by Miles Teller, Journey Smollett, Tess Hobrich, and Bebe Betancourt. Uh, this, is, this is kind of like the Suicide Squad uh, meets, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bill Murray and the Ghostbusters sort of wacky experiments that he likes to pull on on co-eds. <laughs> At the beginning of the movie? Yeah, but uh, nowhere near as uh, funny <laughs> as, as those moments. Um, yeah, or, or even Suicide Squad. Um, this, you know, this looks interesting. Um, playing with the emotions, I think, is always a really interesting uh, thing. It reminded me a lot of stuff you would see from, like, a Black Mirror. Um, kind of also gave me vibes of... Uh, 2005 Michael Bay movie The Island. Do you remember that one with uh, Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson? Actually, I like The Island, you know, as cheesy as it was at times. It's a top three Michael Bay, man. Right? It's it's one of his really good ones, yeah. Um, But this looks super atmospheric. Um, Spiderhead Penitentiary is where these prisoners are, and it looks like... I'm I'm not sure what they're trying to solve or study, but the idea of Chris Hemsworth as a villain, I think, is going to be really, really fun. He's breaking out the American accent, and... uh, and I think Journey Smollett on screen again, she is fantastic. I, I I think my favorite thing I've seen of her is in Lovecraft Country. Um, and she was, all, hey, she was also in Birds of Prey as well. Um, but this is from the writers of Zombieland. So it'll be interesting to see if there is any level of comedy. I didn't really feel it from this trailer. But um, uh, Kaczynski, the director... Uh, has done some really good stuff before. Tron Legacy, Oblivion, and uh, just recently Top Gun Maverick. So this is actually, like, as soon as I heard that, and with all the praise that Top Gun Maverick's been getting this past week, I'm like, okay, all right, this guy's got some stuff on him. So I'm I'm very intrigued. It's crazy that a sequel to Top Gun 30 years later is getting people buzzed about the people in it. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't think that that would be a, a, a resume booster, but like you said, all of the accounts coming out are this movie rocks, and and so, you know, maybe he's brought that same kind of energy to this movie. Uh, but yeah, no, it certainly looks interesting, and I, like you said, the, the thing that stood out for me most was seeing Hemsworth play somebody that you're not just just magnetically drawn to because of his overwhelming charm, you know? Even though I think some of the characters in the movie will fall victim to that. Yes. It'll be neat as an audience to be like, no, run away for once. It reminds me in a similar way without getting any spoilers away, but um, with uh, Sebastian Stan in in Fresh. Um, <clears throat> and it's funny, I think, like, you know, I think the there's a, a scene in Morbius with like a sexy villain doing a little dance and then in fresh Sebastian Stan does a little dance. And even in this trailer, you know, Chris Hemsworth, we see him at one point wearing a like a, a Hawaiian shirt doing a little dance. And I'm just like, what's with all these like sexy villain men doing little dances <laughs> in these movies these days? It seems to be a, a running thing. But um, yeah, this looks super cool. Again, I think uh, it'll be very it looks like it's going to get a really gory, um, really sort of mess with your mind sort of thing. And uh, yeah, it's based on a short story from George uh, Saunders called Escape from Spiderhead. And apparently I was reading up on on the fact that Kaczynski and the writers of Zombieland have been working on this for a long time. So it doesn't 
it doesn't feel like one of those sort of hey, we're just making a thing for Netflix kind of movies. Like, based off of what I'm seeing from everything that I've been reading, it's this seems like it could be something uh, pretty special. So uh, we'll have to keep our eyes on it and, and maybe even see if we can we can snag a, a screener for it. You know, it, it's crazy that we're, we're getting to a point where, you know, and, and I don't even just mean with the Oscar movies that, that are coming from, from these streaming services, but even, you know, you're just science fiction thriller movie that's coming out we are we're starting to expect so much more from these above just like you said oh it's just a netflix thing that they're throwing out with some star power in it you know these these movies are getting a lot of attention we've looked at you know and talked about several today that you know the streaming services are are pumping them out you know we we just put up our review for for chip and dale which was mm-hmm. not just a movie that went to disney plus it was a it was totally. a terrific movie that's you know near the top of our favorite list of the year so far so uh, you know, it's just an exciting time that we're getting stuff at home and in the theaters. It's almost impossible to keep up with everything. Yeah, man. Uh, but I think we'll move on to our next trailer. Now, there's another, uh, you know, over-the-top villain in this one, but he won't be dancing around. He'll be milking cows and blowing you up <laughs> with his eyeballs, probably. Yeah, and of probably course, sucking I'm off about... a cow at some point. Yeah, it looks so like I, he's... That, that, Getting I think they it. cut the. I think they cut that scene <laughs> short of of the weirdest part of it. If yeah. if he goes mouth to to teat, <laughs> it'll be <laughs> it'll be quite something. Uh, of course, yeah. we're talking about the boys season three. Uh, it looks like Homelander's getting crazier. The boys are getting superpowers, and lots and lots of people are going to get blown up real good. Yeah, man, I um. I'm so amped for it at this point. I mean, this is like, what, our third trailer that we've gotten so far, maybe fourth. I'm not even sure. But um, just seeing Homelander losing it off screen, but then you see how calm and collected. He's so, like, he's so, Anthony Starr is so perfect in this role. And I love how they play off the idea of, like, you know how every news every news broadcast has the same edited copy that was written by the, the Vought. PR team, right? Like, it's like, he's just, you know, he says the same thing every single time. Um, and, uh, and yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked for this. I love that, uh, you know, Jack Quaid, uh, Huey is taking uh, more of a lead role, it seems, uh, in this, in the, in the group. And, um, and I will say, like, I just want to shout out this one moment that just, it really speaks to the social commentary that they, they do around celebrity with this, this show, which is, and I don't know if it's just how they cut the trailer, but you see a body explode on impact in this trailer and it's super gross. But then what's even more disgusting <laughs> is just seeing the crowd immediately. As soon as they see Homelander flying down, they're just praising and flaunting and taking photos <laughs> and <laughs> doing all this stuff. And it's like, they just witnessed a person explode on the ground after like falling through the air. And they're just like, they can only think about Homelander. Like I'm, I'm so amped for this. Yeah. I think, I think, now that we we finally, because like you said, we've seen a few sneak peeks, but it, it, we didn't really get a sense of what this was going to be about. And and the way the last season left us, I think one of the things that I'm most looking forward to is it looks like Carl Urban's Billy Butcher is, you know, he's kind of lost everything that that even remotely kept him grounded at the end of that last season. And so to see him maybe get his hands on on some superpowers and be able to do what he's wanted to do for years he might almost become a villain in his own right and so it'll be yeah. so different to watch him in that perspective and i think that's what they're going for i think this is going to be a conflict for him where 
And I, I kind of like that they sort of very purposely put in the trailer, you might have caught it, of them saying, like, for, for 24 hours or for 40 days. It's like, this will temporarily give you the powers of a soup because I think that's the only way that Butcher would initially agree to doing something like that if it wasn't, hey, you're going to be a soup forever. But I think he very much struggles with starting to like being a soup and starting to like the fact that he's not getting beaten down constantly. He is able to level the playing field, uh, as he puts it. And I, I think... There's going to be a lot of internal conflict for him this season. I would love to see him become more a villain than even than even uh, Homelander. That would be insane if they if they really flip that character. And honestly, he's the kind of character that that because, as you said, he's sort of lost everything. I I don't have any qualms with him having a heel turn at this point in the series. Like if they want to go full big bad with him. I'd be totally down for that and just to see how the the rest of the boys uh, deal with it. I'm really intrigued to see Soldier Boy as well. He does not seem stable at all. <laughs> he looks like like he was definitely a lot more uh, John Walker in that moment where he's slamming that shield down uh, than he is Steve Rogers. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just worried about Kimiko. Like at the tail end of that trailer, we see him explode. Um, thankfully that kind of looks like the time when they're unfreezing him. So I, unless Kimiko dies, you know, relatively early into that arc, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, but I hope she's okay. Yeah, no, uh, he looks like he's packing uh, a lot of power. Like everyone who gets these superpowers seems to be off the rails and crazy. And, and, yeah. and I just love that about the show, but, uh, yeah, things, it, I just, I could not get over how many exploding body parts were featured in just two minutes of a trailer. It looks like we're going to get lots of, of, I mean, after the last scene of, uh, of, uh, the, the last season, I guess they, they, they can, they have to blow up a lot to, t- to try and top that. So yeah, it'll man. certainly be interesting to see, but the best part is we do not have to wait long as the boys return to prime video on June 3rd. And I do think we are going to be doing a watch club for that. Um, And we're not even sure yet who is technically hosting it. So it might have a slightly different flavor as well, uh, which will be really interesting. But yeah, uh, stay tuned. Definitely subscribe if you want to follow along week to week as we talk about all the uh, mind-blowing, pun intended, uh, moments. Well, uh, I think it's time to move into our final trailer where minds might not be blown, but uh, expensive legal uh, courtroom attire might get blown to shreds as totally. our lead character uh, you know, gets fired up. Uh, of course, we're talking about She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Is that, the, is that the working title? Is that what they're going with? That's the legitimate title. That's the actual <laughs> title, Attorney at Law. Like, I don't like what? Attorney at Law. I don't like adding that. It's a know. law drama show. That's the point. I guess. I guess. Maybe maybe it's it's just cheeky enough to work. Yeah. Uh, this, sh- <laughs> this show uh, is created by Jessica Gao, who is head writer, while Kat Koiro leads the directing team. In the show, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, uh, sorry, the show She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, follows Jennifer Walters as she navigates her life as a lawyer who specializes in superhuman-oriented legal cases. The series will dive into her personal life as a single 30-something. That also happens to be a green 6'7-inch super-powered Hulk. The show stars Tatiana Maslany, Mark Ruffalo, Tim Roth, Ginger Gozenga, Jamila Jamil, and Benedict Wong. And the show will premiere on Disney Plus on August 17th. 
Uh, I got to say, I am digging the vibes here. This looks like, uh, yet again, another original. Uh, it just it looks like it's going to feel different than anything we've seen so far from uh, the Disney Plus Marvel shows. And, uh, yeah, I'm stoked for it. And it's cool that we're still in that space where we are saying, like, I think every single watch club, you, you, <laughs> Kevin, you always say, like, this is just, it's amazing how just different this is from what we just got in the previous ser- series. So um, I'm stoked. The, the superhuman law division is hilarious. I feel like that's going to lead to a lot of moments where we might get to see some uh, maybe sillier uh, superheroes in the Marvel universe that maybe we haven't really gotten that aren't, you know, they're not going to focus too much on them. They're literally going to be there for maybe a sight gag or a scene, but to see her maybe fighting or defending them in the court, um, I think could be really fun. And then maybe they could bring some of that sort of, we were just talking about the boys, that boys-esque humor uh, into the the MCU. Because I think the original comics, I've not read them, but from what I've read of them, uh, it, this, it is meant to be a little bit more satire, a little bit more comedic uh, in the series. Um, I want to just say she's probably going to have to defend Abomination at some point. We saw Tim Roth then uh, in, the, in the trailer, and uh, that means we're also going to get Wong uh, in this show um, because... You know, Shang-Chi establishes that they're buddies. And one cool thing to note, um, I watched the trailer probably nine times. Uh, the, the cell at the uh, that we see Abomination in in this trailer, we actually literally see it in Shang-Chi uh, when Wong portals them out of the fighting arena. Um, you literally see the exact image, the exact cell uh, where he obviously takes Abomination back to. So I don't know what the what the, the working agreement is between Wong and Abomination, but hopefully they'll explore that uh, in the show. Hopefully, yeah, because it does seem like an odd pairing. But uh, no, I love what you're saying there about, uh, you know, not everything has to be this huge world-threatening event. And and I think we're going to, you know, obviously in the movies right now, we're dealing with things huge like the multiverse, and, and we're going to be getting into Kang and some really, really massive stakes. And so this show can sort of bring us back, much like Hawkeye did, to the ground level, focus on, you know, uh, some smaller, more intimate moments. And I think, like you said, it gives it a chance to have some real fun with some characters who who don't have to stick around a long a long time, but can still make us laugh and, and chuckle a little. So yeah, this one looks like it has a lot of potential to be a really funny show. I love the idea of her flicking through Tinder. I love the idea of oh my gosh, uh, you know, apparently uh, you know uh, being seduced is uh, is a trigger for for this character. And so the end of the <laughs> and trailer seducing had me and seducing a lot of other dude. Like I'm not gonna I'm I you know. For me, I'm not. I'm not going to kink shame anyone. If you want to be into a, a, you know, a giant green woman, you go for it. But um, I, I, I want to just quickly shout out. You know, she doesn't start off green. We see the car accident, which obviously that's where she has to get her blood transfusion from Bruce. I didn't even realize that she was her. They were cousins. He calls her cuz. Uh, and uh, and I feel like he. I feel like Bruce isn't going to be because of the CGI budget which we got to talk about the CGI in a moment, but because of the CGI budget for the show, I feel like he's not going to be in a ton of it. I could see him maybe being in one, maybe two episodes at most as she's sort of um, training on that island in, you know, in the ways of going green. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't know, man. The CGI for, like, Jennifer Walters, Tatiana Maslany is going to kill it, but seeing her close up looked good. A lot of the mid-range shots... I thought looked really rough, dude. I don't know. What did you think? 
Well, I wonder, you know, the show's not coming out for a few more months. Maybe there's some tinkering left They're to still be working done. On it. Okay. Hopefully. And then I wonder, you know, in terms of Mark Ruffalo's, uh, you know, time on screen, you know, when we see him in Shang-Chi, we also see him back in Bruce Banner mode. And so is mm-hmm. this where we kind of learn how he was able to do that? Oh. Is he able to just comfortably switch back and forth? And so we'll see him sometimes as Hulk, other times as, uh, as Bruce Banner. I guess if I guess if the abomination isn't if we don't solve that storyline or we don't see if he's still in that prison in the last shot that we see of him in this series, then that would work as a timeline thing, right? Because that would make sense for that moment to be happening prior to like if he's still in prison. Because if he's out of prison, it doesn't make sense they'd be going back to prison or maybe maybe he escapes and then that's what happens and then and then Wong has to like bring him back i don't know um i do want to just shout out like we you know we talk about um our watch clubs and moon Knight watch club which we wrapped up recently uh just giving us characters you know that we never thought in a million years that that would show up in live action uh tatiana tatiana maslani um sorry um uh jamila jamil uh is going to be playing titania who she is a she was originally introduced in the 1984 Secret Wars. Uh, she's also got superhuman strength, and you'll like this, Kevin. She was originally a wrestler, uh, which is super cool. And we see her busting through the court uh, courtroom doors in her full wrestling garb. Um, so it'll be super cool to see Jamila Jamil uh, in that role. I think it's going to be really fun. See, that sounds awesome. And and you know, you earlier mentioned, you know, hey, if you're into uh, a six foot seven green woman you know carrying you around i mean my favorite female wrestlers were always the biggest and strongest china uh beth phoenix i i you know if 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 you're a woman and you can bench press me over your head whoo that is something special let me tell you so uh i might i might dig this show more than anyone who knows yeah, and I think this show is very much catered to adults more than anything. I think, especially them, I mean, even them just mentioning like the awkwardness of dating in in your thirties and and using Tinder and what have you, and and just the way that she um, sort of interacts with her friend groups in this in this show, or at least in this trailer. I think it's going to very much be a show that I don't I don't know if kids will necessarily gravitate towards this and I feel like that's kind of the direction that the MCU has sort of been moving uh more recently or maybe it's always been that way but it's just always interesting to see how they sort of focus in and like we're still going to get She-Hulk action figures you know what I mean like based on this show so it's just it'll be interesting to see how how disney sort of works with it from a marketing standpoint but it really does feel like it's uh it's meant for for adults and i loved yeah i love seeing her carry off that that big guy to go bang at the end like just (laughs) absolutely unreal and like i hope there's like a breaking bed you know moment or like she breaks she breaks the bed into the floor below them like, and they're like, oh, thank goodness nobody was in this apartment. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, I think you know, we're going to get a strong, a very strong female uh, lead here for, for young girls to look up to. But I can also sort of get vibes of maybe poking a little fun at something like an Ally McBeal or uh, a Sex in the City almost. That'll sort of give, you know, um, older women maybe a character to to sort of relate to in that that 
you know, love life sort of stage of, of life in this MCU that we haven't really seen before because we've gotten a terrific, strong female lead in the form of uh, Captain Marvel. But to mm-hmm. explore the other side of that that coin, you know, being a superhero and dealing with the 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 modern uh, struggles of dating and everything, I think it's a really cool combination that might attract maybe some new eyes or just give existing MCU fans a new character to relate to. So all I know Dude. is I'm super excited. It's just they they keep pumping out new stuff. We're gonna have a busy busy summer with uh, Disney Plus shows. Yeah, man, the ladies are killing it for phase four the ladies are killing it for phase four so i'm stoked and it's funny that we're already talking about this one and we still have a whole you know speaking of of, of ladies we got a, a young lady miss marvel uh gonna be our our next uh watch club along with along with obi-wan at the same time we got a lot of stuff going on um but i am i'm it's funny that we're just like we just wrapped one watch club we're moving into three more and then we've got this one in august and uh dude i it is a as we said at the top of the show it's a good time to be a geek I mean, it's it's absolutely insane but you know we do a lot for for the program we watch a lot of movies so we can do reviews and share our thoughts and everything uh but sometimes we like to just sit down and and enjoy something just for ourselves not necessarily for for specific podcast purposes and that's what we like to talk about here uh, right before we wrap up the program in a little something we like to call whatcha uh so nate what you been watching reading playing what's what's been uh Keeping you entertained behind the scenes. Well, I'm stoked to say that I finished, you know, speaking of Miss Marvel, I finished the G. Willow Wilson run of Miss Marvel, um, got to the very last page, and she she wrote uh, a beautiful sort of almost like article length, uh, just sort of explaining like, you know, her time with the series, creating the character, um, and uh, and it just got me even more excited for the show. But I've started up the, the next run of Miss Marvel. There's there's a few more that I still need to, to read um, that goes even further than that run. Uh, but as far as what I've been watching, dude, we I don't know if I talked about this trailer or if if you guys talked about it. I we talked about it on a twig at or on a, a we talked about it on a this week in geek at one point but um the baby I I've I've watched four Ooh. episodes of the baby um and it's on crave and so far dude it's really interesting um it's really well shot. There's a lot of really creepy slow pans, a lot of zooms, a lot of death. Um, an incredible sound. Uh, the soundtrack is in like, you have to watch this show with headphones on because it's going to freak you out when the music starts going, because it has all these sort of, um, these guttural sort of sounds of just like this woman just going like, "Eh, ah, ah, eh, ah," like this, (laughs) like freaky stuff in your ears. And and they do the, the amazing thing with Dolby surround where it like goes from one ear to the other. Um, and it reminded me a lot of actually the, this, the music from yellow jackets. Um, so if you've ever experienced that, um, but dude, I think, you know, you're, you're a, you're an up and coming almost soon to be dad. And I think this show is going to freak you out, not just because it's freaky because of a de- demonic baby. And I'm not saying you're going to have a demonic baby, but um, but I'm just like, there are a lot of moments that really draw parallels to the fears of just being a parent in general. Um, because, you know, like our, our main character, uh, Natasha, she doesn't want anything to do 
with babies in general and it makes the show establishes that really early on so you got to check it out dude i think you'll love it i think uh i think i think you'll really dig it i don't know you're scaring me with i'm going to be terrified and, and you know have sleepless nights and and every <laughs> everyone just keeps telling me get your sleep now so i can see me watching this and not being able to sleep until august it's just it's the cutest little baby. It's uh, the baby is played by uh, Abby Hills and Arthur Hills, little twins. Um, I, I got to watch some behind the scenes stuff and and absolutely adorable. But it's that you know we were talking about you know the the weird part of like it's 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 almost because it is so adorable that you 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 it's terrifying at the same time. Like it's just this baby just sitting there looking at you. And you're just like, it's quiet and it's just slow zooming in. And you're just like, I don't want to even be in the room right now. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think you should at least watch one episode. Uh, let me know what you think. I think Sarah needs to watch it. Definitely. I think she might even enjoy it um, because there is a little element of graphic comedy. But, um, dude, it's 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 a good time. Check out the baby. Well, because that's that's what I was wondering, because I remember Justin and I talked it on, on uh, talked about it on This Week in Geek and. The trailer itself said something like, you know, it's a funny look at, at life and death or something. And so I, and I, I didn't get many humor vibes from the trailer. So I was curious. It definitely leans more to, towards the, the horror side it's, than it does. The- it's, yeah, it's not as comedic. There's, there's not going to be too many moments where you're going to be like laughing out loud. I think the idea behind the, I guess, the darkest of dark comedy is that you're just sort of like, it'll be more of a reaction. There's going to be moments where you're just going to go, oh, my God, okay, all right, that just happened. Um, and and it's it's really interesting. But it's it's just taken such an inter- interesting turn at episode four. Um, there's eight episodes entirely, so we're halfway through, uh, and I think it's a good time to jump in. Nice, okay. Uh, well, I will definitely have to check that out. But, Kevin, what you been, <laughs> what you been watching? Well, I'll tell you what, I, uh, this one's a little different uh, for me, and uh, even the way I sort of stumbled upon this was a little bit uh, unusual. It was uh, it just happened to be an article on Facebook that popped up, and it was talking about a podcast that uh, unseated Joe Rogan for the first time in Whoa. however many months. The, the, is this you the know, Batman? This is, is Batman, Batman Unburied, yes. Uh, so from... Uh, David S. Goyer, who, of course, was co-writer on the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, It's just a really, really cool spin on the Batman mythos. Nothing I've ever sort of encountered with the character. Uh, The description in the article talking about how it, you know, dethroned Rogan got me so interested. So I went and checked out the first couple episodes and got hooked. Uh, It features Winston Duke as Bruce Wayne, uh, Dr. Bruce Wayne, who's not a billionaire but a forensic uh, pathologist. And uh, the show pits his character against another uh, psychopathic serial killer in Gotham named by the media as the Harvester on account of his tendency to steal organs of the people he kills. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if if you're one of those Batman fans who's always saying he's not enough of a damn detective, this is the story for you. Really? Uh, okay. Because it really, really explores that and is it's a really far cry from the, the typical sort of, you know, stealth at night um, um, superhero stuff, and it is far more the the cop procedural side of it uh, with just awesome performances, the production value, the sound, 
The music is incredible. Uh, I've never really been a big... I I, I always kind of like my podcasts nonfiction, um, but this is definitely something I'm really happy I stumbled upon. And again, if you want that Batman detective story, this is the one. Dude, I mean, it's the cast alone. Jason Isaacs as Alfred. Uh, you know, we've got uh, John Reese davies Gimli is in this uh, this podcast. And speaking of a good voice, Lance Reddick, uh, I'm seeing here, is Thomas Wayne. Uh, he has got just such an excellent voice. Um, but, dude, Sam Witwer also, uh, for Clone Wars and Rebels fans, um, I, it looks like he might be a villain or something. I don't know. Um, but, dude, this, uh, this sounds really cool. And so how many are there... Are they through the full series yet, or is it just getting started? I think they're at. I think they're they're at episode seven right now, and it doesn't feel like okay. it's ready to wrap up. Uh, I'm only I'm only through four episodes myself, but uh, I'm loving every second of it. I don't get a chance to to listen to the podcasts very often, but this one is one I'm going out of my way as much as I can to sort of check it out. And do you like close your eyes and and imagine the the scenes that are happening? Like, can you very clearly see it in your head? Yes, and so that's that's what I mean by I don't get a chance to listen to podcasts like this very often. I love you know a, sh- a news show like this. I listen to a lot of sports podcasts that go through the news and everything like that. And those you can sort of listen while you're you're going about your daily you know life. If you're driving to work, if I love to do it when I'm cutting the lawn, that sort of thing. But this one almost takes more um, of 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 your attention and requires you to sort of listen and like you said, visualize it. So. So if you're if you do like to do that, don't listen to this one while driving because <laughs> it wouldn't be a terrific combination. Very cool. I gotta check it out. Yeah, definitely. No, I'd love to know what uh, what do you guys think about it. Uh, but I believe that is all she wrote. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week in geek. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Uh, if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this week's news or any of the content we cover here. All you have to do is go and write us a little email at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that's too much of an abomination for you, hulk out over on Twitter at GeekCentricYT and on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, and games. We recently finished our watch club for the Disney Plus series Moon Knight. We covered the hell out of all things Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We have our spoiler-free review for Chippendale Rescue Rangers for you to check out before it hits Disney Plus on Friday. Trust us, you'll go nuts for it. Uh, (laughs) Plus, thanks to our friends at Disney Studios Canada, we're able to get you and one of your friends early advance tickets to see the Bob's Burger movie in downtown Toronto on May 25th. All you have to do is follow our Twitter and reply to our pinned tweet with your favorite Toronto burger joint. Uh, You can also do the same over on Instagram. Please, guys, Nate is looking for recommendations, and we (laughs) we want you to see this movie, so uh, go ahead and do it. Uh, and every single week, just like right now, we bring you the latest in news, trailers, and everything related to the Geekiverse with This Week in Geek. Plus, coming up soon, we'll have our thoughts on the first two episodes of Obi-Wan as we start our latest watch club for the Disney Plus series. But until then, Nate, everyone at home, thanks for joining me. Until next time, keep it geeky, and as we say... Just before we finish up, I also just totally missed opportunity... Uh, She-Hulk is going to smash. Yeah, you know what I mean? At the end of the... He, she picks up that guy and goes to the bedroom. Totally going to uh, smash. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, love ya. 
Get home safe, guys. <laughs>